Right. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday, April 26th meeting of the uh, Douglas County Lawrence Metropolitan Planning Commission. Um, we are still in hybrid mode, so I'm going to have Drew read the uh, rules of the road for a hybrid meeting. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Drew Bielby, planner, and I will be helping facilitate the Zoom video portion of the meeting. We will work alongside the chair to facilitate the meeting's proceedings. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat to me. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Now I'll turn the meeting back over to Chair Ashworth. Thank you, Drew. Um, we'll start in on the communications part of the evening. Um, do we have any uh, written communications to receive from the public? All were included as part of your packet. Thank you. Do we have any written communications from staff, planning commissioners, or other commissioners? None this evening. Um, any written action of any waiver requests or determinations made by the city engineer? Also none this evening. Are there any disclosures of ex parte communications for this evening? Yeah. Uh, any declaration of abstentions from specific agenda items by the commissioners? Nope, seeing none, we're clear there. Okay, this is the part of the uh, meeting where we open it up to general public comment for those items that are not on the agenda. Are there any public comments, general public comments for items not on the agenda this evening? Seeing none in the room, seeing nothing online, uh, we will move on to our regular agenda this evening. Uh, first, up, first up, Kyle Kobe will present a preliminary plat for Westwood Hills um, located at 5101 Parker Court. Thank you very much, Kyle Kobe with planning. Um, this is a preliminary plat to create five residential development lots and one tract at 5101 Parker Court. The property is currently platted as lot one, block one of Westwood Hills third plat. The proposed subdivision would divide the western portion of the existing lot into five individual lots, and the eastern portion of the existing lot would be designated as a tract. Major subdivision application process is required as more than four lots are being created from the existing lot. This preliminary plat is the first part of a two-part process. If approved, the next step would be a final plat, which are uh, reviewed administratively, um, but go through city commission for dedications of rights of way or easements. The property is currently zoned RS5, so the five proposed lots would be subject to the standards of the RS5 district. Detached dwellings are proposed for these lots, which are permitted under the RS5 district. The tract would be retained as open space and maintained by the owner of the tract. A fire access route is shown on the proposed plans. This was added to the plat to provide a second fire access point for the development to the north, which is currently only accessible via the roundabout where Parker Court and Parker Circle meet. At the time that the properties to the north were developed, the fire code standards only required one route. And since, though, since that time, those standards uh, have been updated to require two points of access. So the proposed access route would act as that secondary point of access specifically for fire trucks. So as you have no doubt noticed, uh, this plat requires a variance for right-of-way widths uh, for two of the adjacent street rights-of-way. 
Eisenhower Drive to the west is classified as a collector street, which the subdivision regulations state must be 80 feet wide. The applicant is proposing to retain the existing 60 foot width. Wakarusa Drive to the south is classified as a principal arterial, which the subdivision regulations state must be 150 feet wide. The applicant is proposing to retain the existing 100 foot width. The review criteria for variances of this type are shown in the staff report for this item. Uh, but in short, planning staff is recommending approval of these variances as the ex existing right-of-way widths are consistent for both of these streets in both directions already. The development pattern of the area is uh, already established and retaining the existing widths would retain that pattern. And that there does not appear to be any notable impact to the public health, safety, and welfare if the variances were approved. Planning staff is also recommending that the Planning Commission approve the proposed preliminary plat for Westwood Hills 10th plat based on the findings listed in the body of the staff report. That concludes my presentation. I'll be here to answer questions and I see that the applicant is available online as well. Thank you, Kyle. Yes, I do see uh, David Hamby, the applicant online. Would you like to go ahead? Yeah, David Hamby with BG Consultants. Um, appreciate Kyle's work on this. I don't really have anything to add. It's kind of a straightforward um, plat. And so I'd be happy to answer que any questions you may have. Thank you. Is there any public comment on item number one? I'm not seeing any public comment in the room. Um, is there any public comment from online? Seeing no hands raised, we'll bring this back uh, to the commission for discussion. And please note we have two votes on this. Item? Two variances. Two variances and one preliminary plot. Who would like to start discussion? No discussion? If there's no discussion, I'll, I'll take it. seemed pretty straightforward okay. as well. Okay. I guess I have a question. Yes. Um, only because when we've dealt with variances before, we've really focused on the um, shall not be approved unless all of the following apply. And one of those is um, strict application will create an unnecessary hardship. And so I'm assuming because we have to widen existing streets, um, that that would be why we've hit on the unnecessary hardship. I just have never known us to look at a variance without analyzing that criteria. So I would just like any discussion that anyone might provide. My take on that, just one person's take on it, was that increasing that changes their use of the land. Um, and that was the hardship that I saw. It, it removes access to that land that would otherwise be used by strict application of the code. Complete access. Mm -hmm. Well, what we've been doing on these right-of-ways where it's been built according to the rules at the time it was constructed mm -hmm. and the fact that it's on the list to possibly make these administrative to the development code um, because it's really an issue to be decided by the traffic engineer and the fire and safety people. Um, so if they're in agreement with it, we've been finding, making the necessary findings, because otherwise we're getting into situations where sometimes you have to take land from adjacent properties to make it work, which there aren't even parties to this. 
and or you reduce the usability of the lots um, when this is clearly an attempt for infill development and so <clears throat> this one is this is the type that we've routinely been making those findings we've done it all the way down sixth street out to castle we've done it on tennessee kentucky just about every street that mm -hmm. is never going to be widened as far as city engineers are determined so and i think the efforts are being made to re eliminate the need to do variances on this and just get administrative approval so i've don't have any i think this is this is fine it's getting some extra building lots in there these variances are necessary to make that work um and for all those reasons i've stated i'll go ahead and make a motion to approve uh the variance requested from section 20-810 e5 is that an i or an l Aye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> for the subdivision regulation to permit reduced right-of-way widths for Eisenhower Drive from 80 feet to 60 feet. Second. Did that satisfy your question? Yes, yes, it did. I just, we've had some variances with lots of discussion, and I just, yeah. in my head, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm consistent and, is, and that I'm walking through it and properly. Very different than and, those so, and, and yes, and it is very similar to ones I remember us doing when I first yes. joined. There's just been a lot and a big learning curve, so thank I'm you. I'm glad you brought it. Yes, thank you. It always helps to explain this, not only for ourselves, but for the public um, so they can understand. Any further discussion on um, the motion? All right, could you call the vote, Jeff? Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexford? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes nine to zero. Can I? All right, we make a motion to approve the variance requested from section 20-810E5I of the subdivision regulations to permit reduced right-of-way widths uh, for Wakarusa Drive from 150 feet to 100 feet. I have a second? Second. Second. I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. And um, when we approved the uh, change in zoning, that was done to allow private streets, is that correct? Is that the main, to go from RS5PD to RS5, is that because of? So yeah, this one's got a, a bit of a bit of history with you all. So the, the going to the PD would have allowed for the private street to the north to, to work its way around because there was a, a loop that would come off and then return back to Parker Court. But when they rezoned out of the PD, they didn't need the, the loop drive anymore. They could utilize Parker Court. So the rezoning let them not do the private drive and then also allowed them to have just direct connection to Parker. Gotcha. Thank you. Any further discussion? All right, could you call the vote, Jeff? Uh, who was the second on that one? Gary Rexford. Thank you. Commissioner Rexford. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexford? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. The motion passes nine to zero. Okay. And do 0 for 3. <laughs> and a roll. Yeah, all right. Uh, and make a motion to approve the preliminary plat PP-23-00067 for Westwood Hills 10th plat located at 5101 Parker Court. Different than that. 
You see that difference? I'm sorry. On the sheet that I have. Hope this is wrong. I apologize for interrupting you. Sorry. Well, it's better to correct it before we have yep, a second. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yep, this is incorrect. Did you finish your motion? Uh -huh. It is. Okay. Do we have a second? Second. Okay. Any further discussion? All right. Jeff, could you call the vote? Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexrode? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes 9 to 0. Thank you. Item number two, consider approving a preliminary plat for Colibri addition, sorry if I mispronounce that, uh, located at 1746 Tennessee Street, and Ellie Mullins will be the planner presenting that project. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, Ellie Mullins, Planning and Development Services. Um, we have a little presentation to put up. Oh, the lights went out on us. Oops. There we go. Let's mm -hmm. see. All right. So the item before you tonight um, is a preliminary plat for a single lot subdivision located at 1746 Tennessee Street. The plat includes an existing unplatted lot developed with a detached dwelling. Um, platting action is required uh, before development on the property can occur, redevelopment can occur. Um, planning commission approval of the preliminary plat is the first step in the, that process. Um, so the preliminary plat must be in conformance with the criteria listed in section 2809D, uh, which you can find discussed in the staff report included as part of tonight's agenda. Uh, the subject property is located in the RM32 zoning district, uh, the proposed lot dimensions meet the requirements of the zoning district. As well, um, the applicant has indicated that the lot um, will likely be developed with a duplex use, which is a permitted use in the RM32 district. Uh, very few changes are proposed to the existing lot. Uh, the existing dimensions and lot lines will remain. Existing access on West 18th Street will remain. The plot does include um, a new utility easement along the rear of the property uh, to allow access to overhead power lines and adjacent sanitary sewer. Um, let's see. As well, uh, the plot includes a right-of-way variance uh, for your consideration. Um, as the plot or as the property has never been platted, uh, the lot was developed before the current right-of-way minimum with standards were adopted as part of the subdivision regulations. Uh, the adjacent right-of-way for West 18th Street is 50 feet and a minimum of 60 feet is required for local streets. Uh, without the requested variance, five feet of right-of-way would need to be dedicated. Um, the existing lot is at the minimum lot width with, uh, with the current right-of-way width, meaning the dedication um, of additional right-of-way would create a non-conforming lot width. Um, the variance must meet the three criteria uh, listed in section 2813G of the subdivision regulations. Um, discussion of these criteria were included as part of your packet tonight. Um, as well, the city engineer supports maintaining the existing width um, and staff recommends approval of the requested variance. Uh, with the approval of the variance, the preliminary plat and the preliminary plat by the commission, um, the applicant would then need to submit a final plat for administrative approval. Uh, the final plat would need to be in conformance with the preliminary, uh, with the preliminary plat uh, that's before you this evening. Um, 
after that, required easements and rights of way are accepted by city commission. Um, with the approval of the right-of-way variance, uh, staff finds the preliminary plat in conformance with the criteria listed in section 809D and recommends approval of both the preliminary plat and the variance. Um, I will be here for any questions. Thank you very much. Um, I see that the applicant is online, Paul Warner. Uh, good evening, Paul Warner, Paul Warner Architects, Ali Austin job. I've a summary of the situation not ball it's the last slot in the street um, the last spot on the corner so um, <coughs> we look for your support and um, I'm happy to answer any questions thank you thank you uh, do we have any public comment on item number two seeing none in the room I see no hands raised online for this item. So I'll bring it back to the commission for discussion. And just note, we also have uh, two votes on this. Well, this is almost identical to the one before it. Mm -hmm. um, same reasons for variance. These are routinely approved. We're not gonna create a different lot along a street. And that would be the only residence with a wider right of way, which would be pretty weird. And um, induce the hardship. And so with findings that it meets the three conditions, I'd make a motion to approve the variance uh, from section 20-810E5I of the subdivision regulations to permit reduced right-of-way widths for West 18th Street from 60 feet to 50 feet for this address. Do we have a second? A second. Oh, a couple people, thank you. Any further discussion? No? Could you call a vote, Jeff, please? Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Excuse me. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes 9 to 0. Thank you. So we are on to item. Oh, sorry. We have the preliminary plat, please. Motion for preliminary plat. To approve the preliminary plat PP 23 00082 for Calibri edition number two, located at 1746 Tennessee Street. A second. Second. A second. Any further discussion? If not, could you call the vote, Jeff, please? Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes nine to zero. Thank you. Moving on to item number three, um, considering a variance for a minimum right of way width uh, for the address 2639 and 2643 Haskell Avenue. Ellie Mullins is our planner again. Good evening again, Ellie Mullins, Planning uh, and Development Services. As the item for you tonight um, is a request for a variance from the right of way width standards for principal arterial streets um, required by the subdivision design standards. Uh, this variance request is related to the minor subdivision, John Robert edition number two, uh, which proposes an adjustment to the lot line between two existing platted lots at 2639 and 2643 Haskell Avenue. 
Uh, minor subdivisions are reviewed administratively. However, uh, planning commission approval is required for variances from the subdivision design standards. The standards require principal arterial streets to have a minimum uh, of a 150 foot right of way width. Uh, the existing street has a 90 foot right of way width adjacent to these properties. The applicant is proposing the de dedication of 10 feet um, to the existing 90 to establish 100 feet of right of way for the portion of Haskell Avenue abutting the subject properties. Uh, staff has reviewed the variance request um, against the decision-making criteria provided in section 20-813G of the subdivision regulations. This analysis and the decision-making criteria can be found uh, in the memo included with this evening's agenda packet. Staff concluded that the proposed variance meets all three of the criteria needed for approval. As well, the city engineer has reviewed the variance request and is uh, supportive of the 100-foot right-of-way width. Based on the findings presented in the variance memo, staff recommends approving the variance request to allow a reduced right-of-way width of 100 feet for the principal arterial street adjacent to 2639 and 2643 Haskell Avenue. Thank you. Thank you. We do have the applicant present. If Dean Grobe would like to speak to this item. Comments and hope that I've provided a adequate hardship to warrant uh, proving this variant. So I'll be happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Okay, are there any public comments on this item? Seeing none in the room, anybody online uh, for item number three? Seeing none, I'll bring it back to the commission for discussion on item number three. Anybody have any questions or discussion on this item? If not, would anybody care to make a motion? No, Jim. No. Somebody else's turn. Move we approve mm -hmm. the variance requested minor subdivision MS 23-00102 to allow for a reduced right-of-way width of 100 feet for the principal arterial street adjacent to 2639 and 2643 Haskell Avenue as shown in the proposed John Robert edition number two plat drawing. Do we have a second? Okay. Thank you, Commissioner DeVore. Um, any further discussion? Seeing none, could you please call the vote, Jeff? Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Barotto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexrode? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. The motion passes nine to zero. Thank you all. Um, item number four, and this time we are approving a request to rezone um, from planned industrial development to limited industrial at 2350 Franklin Road and 2400 Franklin Road. Um, the staff presenting this project, uh, Planning Manager Becky Pepper. Thank you very much, Chair. As you've noted, uh, this request to rezone uh, it is approximately 6.35 acres and it's located at 2350 and 2400 Franklin Road. Um, the rezoning request would change that from uh, planned industrial development to a limited industrial district. The subject properties are located south of East 23rd Street along Franklin Road between Thomas Court and East 25th Street. The property at 20, uh, 
2350 Franklin Road is undeveloped, uh, while uh, the property at 2450 Franklin Road does contain several existing uses on site. Those uses include personal convenience services, light equipment repairs, and office. Um, and those are located within an existing multi-suite commercial structure. Um, and then there is an existing exterior mini warehouse use located east of the commercial structure. The applicant intends to establish an exterior RV and boat storage use on the property at 2350 Franklin Road and also 2400 Franklin Road, but those uh, existing uses that I mentioned uh, are proposed to remain as well. The properties are adjacent to AG2 Transitional Agricultural District to the west, the general institutional and public uses zoning to the south, and then there are industrial zonings to the north and east. And of those areas, um, they include properties that were previously rezoned out of the um, planned industrial de um, development zoning district to the conventional zoning district of um, limited industrial and general industrial. Similar, of, uh, similar to those previous rezonings, this proposed rezoning would remove the subject properties from the planned development zoning and rezone it to a base zoning district. The existing PID zoning and the proposed IL zoning both have similar types of industrial, allow similar types of industrial uses, but the PID zoning does have a more, is more process intensive. A rezoning to the IL district would permit the applicant to make future, uh, to make proposed future improvements via an administrative site plan process, while development under the current zoning requires preliminary development plans and final development plan applications, both of, both of which require approval by the city commission. I will refer you to the findings of fact provided in the staff report, but of those, I, I do want to note that the request is consistent with the plans, uh, the policies of Plan 2040 and the Southeast Area Plan, of which this, the subject properties are located within. Um, both of those plans identify this area for industrial uses. Uh, the Southeast Area Plan also identifies the appropriate zoning district um, for these recommended industrial areas as um, either limited industrial, general industrial, or a planned development overlay. And based on all of the findings of fact in the staff report, staff recommends forwarding a recommendation to, of approval to the City Commission for the request to rezone approximately 6.35 acres from a planned industrial development district to the limited industrial district for the properties located addressed as 2350 Franklin Road and 2400 Franklin Road. And I do believe that the applicant is online if you have questions. Yes, thank you, Becky. Um, please forgive me for not attempting to pronounce your last name, if you would, but uh, the applicant, uh, um, if you would introduce yourself so we'd know for future reference. <laughs> yes, good evening. My name is John Greva. I'm with Worm Malcolm, and I'm here on behalf of 2400 Franklin. Um, thank you to staff for all your work on this project to date. Uh, I'm here to answer any questions you may have. Thank you. Is there any public comment on item number four this evening? There is no one in the chamber, so I will turn online and look for any raised hands. Um, seeing none, I'll bring it back to the commission for discussion and questions. So um, we visited the location and it looks like it's currently being used for storage, like RV storage. Um, is that the reason that the applicant is requesting this? This thing because they don't. It's not zoned for that purpose. Is that why? Is that why the applicant is requesting this? Am I correct? And because it looks like there's storage right now. I'm like RVs. RV RVs seem to be on the property right now. 
I can't really speak for the applicant's request on that one. I can say is that, you know, you have a PID and the zoning that it'd be applied would be the, the equivalent that you see in the land development code. So what this would do is move the properties out of a planned development situation and allow them to use the site planning and standard administrative processes of the code to develop out there. So I don't know the the full history on that on that corner particularly. Um, I think it's been in that condition for quite a while, but I, the applicant may have a little bit more history or knowledge of that than I do. And I would also add too that there, um, if the rezoning were approved, the site planning process um, would be a, a next step in the development process, okay. and so they they would be reviewed that way. So there, if if they were uh, wanting to maintain what was existing, that would be still reviewed for compliance with the land development code, or if they wanted to do something different than what was there, still reviewed under um, through that um, site planning process. And one other question, uh, per the staff report, it says there were code violation citations. Do we know what those were or or how many there were or just do we know anything about that? I don't know offhand, but I think those were under earlier oh, okay. uh, property owners. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have a question to follow up from that. Um, um, let me, uh, the, the, the applicant had unmuted briefly. Did you want to respond? And then... No, just just the uh, comment. That, you know, this this is the first step in the uh, site plan approval process, so um, that's why we are making the request. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Hayden. Please, thank you. I'm just wanted to make sure I'm clear. So the current use is not out of line, or it's not currently in violation of anything. Is that, I, I'm just a little confused about that. I just want to double check my understanding. Is that a question for staff? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'll echo um, what Jeff said about and not being able, sorry, don't have the full history on this. If um, there is that existing storage on site, this rezoning would be one step towards bringing them into compliance. They would still go through that site planning component um, then for that full um, review of compliance with the land development code. Okay, I guess like, my question is just a little bit more directed at, at the, some stuff that came up on Monday a little bit like, are they in violation and now seeking approval, which I think is just a little bit different than seeking approval and proper zoning before taking steps or actions. So I was just curious, but maybe we don't have the answer to that. And maybe it's not that big of a deal. And I don't believe that is, I don't believe that this is an enforcement case that spurred this, um, these application requests. Okay. This property looks the same way it did back in 2017. With storage on it. Because I, I think I'm the only one that was here when that came through with the proposed gun range and everything else, um, which prompted conversations about having guns right next to the jail. But uh, anyway, that's back then. But I don't think, I, you know, if we have a new owner, this is what they got. And it was being used this way when they purchased it. And now they're just trying to be in compliance right. to to get it properly cited and everything else. Um, I have one. How much planned industrial development district is left? And this is a site. There's 
There wasn't much, and it is diminishing, mainly for the kind of the reasons that you're seeing here tonight, is that the, the PIDs and those processes had development plans and a lot of things that were set in stone that were very inflexible over time. A lot of those have been rezoned to various industrial categories, IL, IM, IG, as they've come along, because that site planning process is a little bit more flexible, allows them to kind of respond to what they're seeing in the market. So there's, oh, maybe a handful left, and they're probably principally in the southeast area quite truthfully there's not a lot that ever that kind of stayed on the books after the change to the development code in fact most of the planned development categories are disappearing because they've proved to be too inflexible and just not being developed because of that. Exactly. I mean, once you have your final development plan, you are locked into that that specific building type and that specific site plan until you go through either the final development plan process or, in like this one, is to rezone so you have that administrative site planning process at your at your availability. And so, like on our first agenda item tonight, which was a planned unit development, so they could have private streets. That was one of the attractions of this, so they would have private internal streets supported by the businesses or homes that were there, but uh, people weren't developing them. Mm -hmm. Like the whole industrial park off of, was it Wakarusa? Yeah, <laughs> that has been changed piecemeal with um, over the years because that was a failure with that strict zoning. So. Yeah, this all makes sense uh, to bring it back into regular zoning and to provide the flexibility if it, re if it becomes boat and RV storage or whatever it's going to be, it's going to go through that site plan process, but it also opens it up to other options uh, within that zoning category that aren't available now. Is that an answer? Yes, question? thank you. Other questions? Comments? Would anybody care to make a motion? Oh, okay. <laughs> I move we approve rezoning Z 23 approximately 6.35 acres from PID to IL, this limited industrial, for the properties currently addressed at 2350 Franklin Road and 2400 Franklin Road based on the findings presented in the staff report and forward to the City Commission with a recommendation for approval. A second. Motions and seconded. Any further discussion? All right. No? Could you please call the vote, Jeff? Thanks. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexford? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes 9 to 0. Okay. Well, that concludes our regular agenda for the evening. Is there any consideration of any other business um, this evening? I would like to that do something. Reason. I don't know if this is the time. If I want to raise a random thing, is this the time? Yes. Okay. Um, I would be interested in... Um, as long as we don't have to vote on it. No, nothing to vote on. I would just be interested mm -hmm. in having a conversation or beginning to think about um, the process of thinking about the time constraints on our meetings. Um, so we've been going till pretty late in the evening on multiple really important um, issues. And I have two concerns. One, 
it's like from the perspective of being a planning commissioner, I think it limits who can volunteer to be in this position if we ask people to stay so late and just thinking about, I don't have childcare, but people who may, just different, different life situations I think are limited by the structure of our meetings. And then also um, just the, the citizens having to come to things that are very, very important to them and that are going to have a huge impact on their lives, having to like come and maybe stay until midnight or one or two in the morning. Just It seems like, um, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm not as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at, at one o'clock in the morning as, as I am when we get started. So I just wanted to prompt some thoughts about thinking about I know that there's um, schedules, there's agendas, there's public notice that has to happen, and so there's a lot of things. But I'd really be interested in just throwing that out there and seeing if that's something we could work on over the next six months, eight months, or something to, to allow people maybe a little bit more um, access to both sides of the process. Those are great points, and there's one other thing. That's the, the people who might want to show up and, and have a voice on, on an item. Even if it's not their item, it makes it tougher for that public process if it's 11 o'clock, midnight, 1 o'clock, yeah. And I meant to include them when I was talking about yeah. the public process. Yeah. Not just the applicant, but people who may also want to respond to that. Yeah. Right. And, and one, of course, constraint is, is once it's on the agenda, we, we must continue. We, we must hear all, that, all the people that have arrived to speak on an issue so we can't cut off a meeting. <clears throat> and not allow people to make public comment. That's so there is so it's more about scheduling than once we once we start. Right there, don't they? As I understand it, we once we start public comment, we cannot then cut that off. So I thought of that. Mm -hmm. Cuz my idea was not to cut off public comment once it gets started at all. But it seems to me like we could have some kind of a um, I don't know if it's policy rule or what it would be where we we take out the last item, whatever item, like 10 o'clock, 10.30, whatever time we pick, right, you start an item and you're going to complete that item for however long it takes, but you're not going to begin the next item after 10 o'clock in the evening or something, right? So if you're item number six, then you're not going to, you're, you just know you're going to be postponed or, or whatever. Um, don't know all the laws about it. I'm hearing sniffles over here, yeah. so I'm guessing there's some laws. Uh, it's just, it's we've, we've been there, wrong. we've been there and tried that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, for the first couple of years I was on the planning commission we were all under the misconception that we had to have motions to extend our meetings past 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, which turned out not to be the case mm -hmm. which is how now we're running into these past midnight meetings mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I floated with a couple of staff members after the mid-month after that was the possibility of identifying these are usually happening when there is only one meeting in the month because the Monday meeting's on a holiday or something. So in those cases, I asked if it would be possible to identify those and get on, our, on the calendar a spillover date. So if it looked like things were getting stacked up, some could be put on this secondary date in the, in the calendar month if we've lost the Monday because of a Monday holiday. And it was just one option so that because I think most of them have happened in the one meeting months. February is not kind to planning commission. Uh, you usually will lose your Monday meeting to a holiday in most instances, and that's just kind of how it is. And the time this year was you also had a lot of cases remand to you or come back again, and they all piled into your February meeting, which was already loaded. 
So that's why that one kind of ran a little bit long. So, you know, that goes kind of the conversation that the commission had uh, a month or two ago about looking at a consent agenda. It's part of how we do the agenda management, which is set by your bylaws, and we try to kind of make sure we kind of hit those different marks. It's also something we're asking the, the code consultants to take a look at because a lot of what comes to you is a derivative of the code. Like you saw some variances to this evening because those are code derivatives. So how much of that is do you need to see versus have staff have a look at it with an appellate procedure involved in. So there's a lot of different ways that we're kind of looking at it. And, you know, we were looking at back through some old planning commission agendas. It was very common that the planning commission would end up having three meetings that ran past midnight every month back in the early 2000s. So if you look at it from that perspective, we're doing better. So it's, uh, yeah, we're very mindful of that as, as part of that. It's also why in your bylaws, there's a very prescriptive way that your agendas are set and ordered is to kind of help, you know, get those cases moving, kind of help some of those get underway first and then allow some of those longer discussions to maybe unfold. But the, the long one I think we're all remembering was more of a, a blip than a commonality just because it, it was a one meeting month, it had a case that was remanded back to you, and we had a lot of carryover cases in the months coming up to it. So... Yeah, I just I think I just think that my biggest concern is seeing the people sitting out there and just seeing like it all like their eyes, everything starting to glaze over after a certain time and their item hasn't even come up and it might be a few more. So even more so from than from our perspective. But I do think it's important to have the public be able to participate and it just limits who can participate on either side, um, I think, by by doing it that way. City Commission has a the a, a rule, don't they, that mm -hmm. says if you don't start an item by eleven o'clock that it does not you don't start it correct that's kind of what i was thinking actually i didn't know they had that rule but that's kind of was it's the it's it mimics the rule that planning commission used prior to the city commission adopting it which was you would you would discontinue to the next month all cases that weren't started by 11 o'clock unless you voted to extend the meeting the the downside of that is is that would put an applicant's timeline off by 30 plus days potentially because if the legal was already out and they were getting pushed we'd have to figure out that dynamic of how to push something back onto the, your agenda city commission it might be a week but for you it may be a month so that's part of that concern yeah. applicants or more or more in or some more instances because of, the, because of the notice requirements <clears throat> you yeah. could pu actually push it out two months mm -hmm. if it's not completed and one thing we always applicants alerted us to in that process was if you didn't hear the item and they'd flown in consultants or architects, that was an incurred expense that they then had to occur again. Now, that may be less than, since that was prior to Zoom and, and all the things we now can do, but that was still an expense that was charged was that traveling expense that was related to it. The other part of it that was always a concern for staff was if you had a room full of people to talk about it and then you deferred it and they just sat through the entire meeting to find out they were deferred, they may not come back to that next meeting because they don't know if you're actually going to hear the item. So that's why the Planning Commission kind of pulled back that 11 o'clock rule to just keep going with the agenda was so if people were already invested in the time and in being here, that they had that option to it. Now, there is other things that can be done from an agenda management standpoint or some of those kind of things we can kind of look and maybe try to moderate or may adjust your bylaws in some ways to kind of have that work out. But um, there's some other things that we can take a look at to maybe help alleviate those situations. And also a communication perspective, too. I mean, if we, we read the rules for the Zoom, so if we read the rules and people knew at 6.30 that, um, or if it was a regular policy and it became uh, something that people would know, that if, we're, if we haven't gotten to your item by... 11 or whatever um, so you could at least be somewhat aware that their item might be deferred versus surprised or taken off guard I wouldn't want anyone to do that the whole idea of this is to make it so my thought anyway is so that people 
um, don't waste their time or have to, to try to put together coherent sentences um, at 12.30 at night when they're going up against an applicant who might have a consultants, like you said, that have been flown in or whatever, just doesn't seem quite balanced. Well, that was a blip, a joint meeting that took five hours on a remanded item is mm -hmm. certainly not what you can prepare for. That's why I'm, you know, if we had, I mean, that was kind of unpredictable mm -hmm. and that was forced to come back when it did by all the, the timelines, but um, others, there are some that are coming that you know are predictable, like when the wind turbines come mm -hmm. up, that's going to be... Yeah. hours yeah. and hours um, and possibly if there are other things that have to happen that's when <laughs> there might want to be a third date in the month mm -hmm. um, possibly identified because that's a scheduling item for the room too or the audiovisual equipment because there's a lot that goes into it on getting it onto calendars mm -hmm. but you know maybe it maybe it the safest would be just to identify a possible third evening and have that reserved um, and then it would have to be a determination are our agendas getting stacked up so much and we know it far enough ahead of time for the notice that we can put some things on the third night because you can't just move things from one night to the other it doesn't work well, yeah, and you have to have because notices and, and many and, and many things, yeah. as Jeff has said before, are on strict timelines when they have to get to us from when an application comes in to when we have to hear it. Yeah. So we might so, not even be able to push it off to that third night, depending on. But some can. It, it, it's you know, yeah. so they can look at that. Variances can move. I mean, things can move. Well, or legislative might not ones have to do those move. as much. You yeah. know, the special night could be the big legislative mm -hmm. ones or things like that. Typically in the past, we would move your text amendments around because those are typically not on timelines. If they're not applicant initiated, we'd move those around to kind of compensate for big schedules. Uh, I think we did that not too long ago where we knew we had a big Monday and a big Wednesday evening. So we just didn't even start to queue up your text amendments because we knew that those were meaty discussions you wanted to have. And so we gave them another month just so you'd have that time to do it. So, I mean, usually we kind of have a good idea of what that schedule is kind of looking like about 30 days out. So when we're starting to plan those conversations, we can start to kind of, you know, load your, your meetings so that you may have, you know, Monday and Wednesday if you need them and kind of have them stacked out. But February is just a, was just a blip and hopefully not a common blip. Uh, and this week is an example. We had uh, Monday night ran pretty long mm -hmm. and tonight's run pretty short. Um, is there any chance, by the time we look at it on Thursday, we're set, right, the week before? Mm -hmm. do you, is there any thought given to maybe shuffling that, shuffling that around so we're load balanced between the two days? Your bylaws help us set a little bit of that, and some of that load balancing is also, you know, where is the application at city versus county? What is staff is going to be presenting in that case? So staff doesn't come to both nights if they don't have to do it. Uh, part of it's also just looking at is, you know, be quite frank about it is we also make sure that we don't have Randy on on nights where we don't need Randy to attend where he's not you know able to do that so the your agenda management is is a very complex operation not to put too fine of a point it's it's there's a lot of detail that goes into it and that's kind of what you see that that balance that you saw this week where Monday was really into the county items and then tonight is really into the city items was to kind of help 
kind of work that detail out and also just looking at the, the workload for planners because right now a county commission is probably going on and we have planning staff that is now a county commission while they're not available for planning commission so we have to kind of adjust based on where they're going to be at too sometimes yeah that, that's one that's always can get in the way because yeah. we're meeting at the same time as right. the county commission. Mm -hmm. Those guys need to change that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, their meetings are usually like 20 minutes and we're here for five, six, seven hours. But mm -hmm. So I razz them about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, would it be helpful for um, other commissioners as you have more discussion if staff might provide, I mean, this is a great decision-making criteria that's been put together, but for some of these mandatory timelines, if there's some standards, just how does some of these work? Because uh, that would help maybe some people understand, uh, you know, what what the strict parameters are as it continues some discussion about this. Yeah. Because this is not a new discussion. This is. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd just like to be clear, like, I, it's not a, I love volunteering my time. I think all that's fantastic. I really do get concerned, though, when such important issues are coming up to the people who are responding um, and to the neighbors that we see um, and asking them to have what can be an emotional response for them or trying to put together their thoughts um, so late at night. I mean, I, I really do think that um, we should take the citizens into consideration um, and their schedule and, and asking people to, to come out to City Hall after 11 o'clock at night on something that is going to affect them no matter what because everything's been done in the process and this is their opportunity um, to, to participate in the process that we need, need to be, I think, really mindful of making sure that they have a full opportunity to participate in it and there's nothing more frustrating to watch people leave yes. before they've had the chance to even hear their item introduced because that happened monday night right. most of the back row left <laughs> before we <laughs> ever got to the item that they were here for thank you for entertaining that discussion yeah. i appreciate yeah. it and i'm glad that tonight allowed us um, time to bring yeah. it up <laughs> it sounds like it's being addressed from a lot of fronts a lot of discussion on various options so yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds great it, can just mm. it's a mid-month topic I, I was about to say that this could be this could be a great mid-month discussion that you may want to have that's not a so much a learning session but more of a discussion uh, i think the last time we also talked about this was during your orientation a couple years back so maybe worthy of coming back for an orientation discussion mm -hmm. too so definitely gotten some notes and we'll definitely see where that one falls best on on your on your game plan thank you any other business people would like to bring up commissioners would like to bring up or staff paul yeah. stuck around okay. they must have some. <laughs> what is paul still doing? we're just that enthralling <laughs> people miss us right okay so um if there is no other business can i ask for a motion to adjourn please so moved second Second. Second. Any discussion? Jeff, could you call the vote for adjournment? <coughs> Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Kelso? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexrode? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes nine to zero. Thank you all.
And I guess I forgot to say thank you to staff for providing these wonderful um, guidelines. Aren't those fantastic? Yes, I've been. Yes.